0: Welcome to Australia On This Day, I'm Michael Adams, and today we're going back to Friday the 11th of July, 1980. That was the day when rock-friendly FM radio was going to be unleashed in all of its stereophonic glory in Sydney and Melbourne. Except, for the biggest players, it didn't go as fast or smoothly as they'd hoped, and it'd be a rocky road to their rock radio domination. Australian government experiments in FM radio actually started in 1947. Back then, receivers were really expensive, and the transmissions were mainly classical music and the endless drone of parliamentary speeches. By the early 1960s, even these broadcasts were stopped because it had been decided that the FM band was going to be reserved for a fifth television channel. A decade later, the Whitlam government reversed this in favour of the radio route and paved the way by establishing an ABC network on the bandwidth and abolishing station license fees to help usher in community and commercial stations. In 1975, two MBS in Sydney became Australia's first full-time FM station, playing mostly classical music, and it was followed in mid-July that year by three MBS in Melbourne. Then came Sydney's ABC FM, also playing classical, and more MBSs in Brisbane and Adelaide. So if you had an FM radio and you liked Bach and Beethoven, you were covered. But you were out of luck if your tastes ran to Bowie and Blondie. All that was set to change 40 years ago today on the 11th of July 1980 in Australia's two biggest radio markets. Melbourne had two commercial licenses up for grabs. One had gone to three Eon FM, whose owners included band manager Glenn Wheatley. The other had been won by three Fox FM. Sydney likewise had two commercial licenses, and in keeping with the Harbour City's reputation for glitz and glamour, they were owned by some of Australia's most famous media personalities who were determined their stations would open with a bang. Today FM's chairman was TV journalist Mike Willisey, and two of its major shareholders were John Laws and Graham Kennedy. While they were well-known and widely popular, they also had their critics, and there was a joke going around that went like this. What's so great about Laws, Willacy, and Kennedy being together at one station? Now you can turn all three of them off with one button. Meanwhile, a caddy bulletin columnist concluded there simply had to be a lot of money involved in FM radio if this trio were investing because, quote, It is generally accepted that none would shout if a shark bit him. Laws, Willisie and Kennedy's Today FM was to be aimed at 25 to 40 year olds and play mellow rock. Think Boz Gags, James Taylor, Carly Simon, George Benson, and Joan Armour Trading. Today FM's mellowness was going to be so mellow, in fact, that a spokesman told the Sydney Morning Herald, When it comes to rock like Fleetwood Mac and the Eagles, we'll be playing their softer tracks. In case the newspaper's readers didn't get it, he reassured, We'll be playing 100% soft rock, and the station is aiming for an audience aged between 25 and 40 who are past going to see the Angels and MySex in pubs. Triple M, they were aiming more for that audience. The station was the brainchild of Rod Muir, who in the 1970s had brought the American more music concept to Australian radio. Triple M would be guided by glamorous young Sherry Romaro, the country's only female program director, and it would try to capture the 18 to 30-year-old market with the harder-edged sounds of Bruce Springsteen, Split Ends and the Angels. Triple M also had some pretty sophisticated ambitions, with one spokesman promising, quote, We'll be aiming to give rock and roll fans a perspective on the music they're hearing. When we play a track from Southside Johnny, we'll be likely to follow it up with a Drifters song to show the relationship between the two. For the record, some members of the Drifters had recently done guest appearances on a Southside Johnny album. If you lived in Sydney and you weren't into Southside Johnny or the Drifters and wanted an alternative to mellow rock and not quite as mellow rock, then there was going to be a third rock-oriented FM station from the 11th of July because ABC's Double J, which had been founded in 1975, was also switching to FM and becoming Triple J. A proto-hipster Triple J spokesman said, quote, Basically, we'll be playing a lot of music not heard anywhere else. There'll be everything from The Temptations to The Human League, The Dugites to JMM and Flash, and The Pan to Chrome. In our opinion, we're playing the best of what everybody else plays. Preparations for the FM onslaught had taken years, but just over 24 hours out from the scheduled start of broadcasting, neither Triple M nor Today FM had done a test transmission from the Art Harman Towers they were to share with TV stations 7 and 10. The day before the big day, Triple M invited reporters to have a breakfast of coffee and croissants at its Bondi Junction headquarters. While the studios were mostly finished, there were still carpenters' sawhorses to be seen and a general sense of chaos prevailed. After breakfast, these same reporters went to today's Crow's Nest offices to lunch with Mike Willacy, John Laws and Graham Kennedy. Once the journos had cleared out, Today FM techs scrambled to continue testing studio facilities and transmitters, and they'd work at a feverish pace through the night and into the following morning. Meanwhile, at the ABC at Gore Hill, Triple J's staff were reported to feel pretty smug because they'd smartly been doing dummy broadcasts and test transmissions for weeks now. When the big day dawned on the 11th of July, the Sydney Morning Herald ran a front-page headline, New FM stations on air, but big rush at last minute. The article began, Commercial radio goes on the air in Sydney this afternoon? Maybe. Triple M and Today FM were set to start broadcasting at 4 o'clock that day, which was two hours ahead of 3EON FM's debut in Melbourne. But 3EON FM whose format tagline was Rock and Roll and Heart and Soul beat both of the Sydney stations. At one minute after midnight, DJ Peter Grace did a time call, announced himself and the station and said, This is the beginning of a long, long time before spinning Australian commercial radio's first disc, American band The Eagles, New Kid in Town. Just under 12 hours later in Sydney, Triple J started seamlessly broadcasting in stereo. The first song it played was Perth band the Dugite song, Gay Guys. This song was then banned on commercial radio, and Triple J choosing to play it first had a nice circularity with its choice of its first song as Double J in 1975, which had been the band Skyhook song, You Just Like Me, Cause I'm Good In Bed. In the lead-up to the 4pm face-off between Triple M and Today FM, thousands of Sydney rock fans perched by their radios. When the big moment came... These fans all heard the same thing in stereo. The problem seemed to be the cable that linked both stations' studios with the transmitters at that Ataman tower they shared with TV channels 7 and 10. Triple M and Today FM's management both had to tell the newspapers they didn't know when their stations would be on air. Yet such a trifling detail wasn't going to stop their owners and staff from having big launch parties. At today's Crow's Nest offices, the booze flowed as John Laws, Mike Willisey and Graham Kennedy hobnobbed with mates like Jack Thompson, Bill Collins, Maggie Tabara and Jenny Little. Bruce Gingell, the father of Australian television, who'd been the chairman of the Australian Broadcasting Tribunal when it had issued the commercial FM licences, had been invited to speak at the Today FM shindig. Now he told the crowd that one of the reasons Today had been successful in its licence bid was the combined expertise and experience of Laws, Willsey and Kennedy. He joked, quote, They have more than filled my expectations with what I regard was the ace promotional stunt. Not Getting to air. Later, Bruce Gingell walked into Triple M's party in Bondi Junction and said to owner Rod Muir, quote, I gave you a licence, why won't you go on air? The bubbly might have been flowing at both stations, but the headaches would last longer than the Saturday morning hangovers. Technicians at both stations worked all weekend. Sections of the FM aerials on the Artarman Tower had been adjusted incorrectly, and air pressure was leaking from a cable at one of 17 joints. Rodmieour ventured, "We've been on the starting block for 2 years. We want to hear the gun go off." The Sun Herald's media reporter wrote on Sunday, quote, "The great FM radio drama which began on Friday was looking more like a tragic comedy yesterday. No sooner had technicians fixed one problem blocking the launch of two new FM commercial stations than another hitch was discovered." He continued, Meanwhile, it was all smiles at Triple J, the underdog of the FM race, which had opened right on time at 11.30am on Friday. By that Sunday night, Rod Muir said he still didn't know when Triple M would be on air. But Mike Willisy was more bullish, saying Today FM would be up and running by the following morning or he'd give $10,000 to charity. I really hope that that money did some people some good. The stations did start broadcasting early that week, but their problems actually got worse. While the Australian Broadcasting Tribunal had granted these stations licences, the licences weren't actually going to be confirmed until they started broadcasting successfully. And until the licences were officially granted, the stations couldn't accept ad revenue, and that meant that Today and Triple M were both losing thousands of dollars every day. While these two stations had initially not been able to send any signals at all, now the signals they were sending were too strong and reaching far farther than they were allowed. Triple J and Today FM's overpowered transmissions weren't just reaching too far, they were also interfering with Triple J and 2MBS, leading to an ABC representative complaining that, quote, "...static and rubbish was coming from both commercial stations." This static and rubbish was even ruining TV broadcasts on Sydney's North Shore. By Wednesday of the following week, both stations had to be pulled from the air to fix this. The ongoing dramas amused The Sun-Herald's reporter, Dale Plummer. Quote, Thank heavens for the on-again, off-again commercial FM station. If it wasn't for their adventures, Sydney radio would revert to its usual dullness. Dale Plummer noted the irony that when Mike Willis had tried to do a story on the Today FM problems on Today FM, technical problems prevented it from going to air. At least these snafus gave Graham Kennedy a chance to wisecrack, Rome wasn't built in a day and Michelangelo ruined a lot of marble. Over at Triple J, they weren't just playing trendy music for young alternative ragers. Their DJs were also interviewing critics of the CIA and organised crime author Alfred McCoy, while one of their intrepid journos was broadcasting hair raising reports from the war torn Thai Cambodian border. Media reporter Dale Plummer liked what he heard quote, It's all good brain fodder and just what stereo radio promised. A week later, Sydney's commercial FM stations were finally ready to go although Today FM only got there by importing a new aerial from the United States. But in terms of the Sydney-Melbourne radio rivalry, there was one last insult to be added to the injury of 3EON FM having been the first to broadcast. And that was Melbourne's second station, Fox FM, which was mellow rock like Today FM and partly owned by the publishers of The Age, being the second Australian commercial FM station to go to air when it started broadcasting at 5pm on Friday the 1st of August. 24 hours later, on Saturday the 2nd of August 1980, Triple M and Today FM finally started broadcasting. I haven't been able to find out what the first record played on today was, but over at Triple M, the debut song was Rush's Spirit of Radio, a six-minute opus with a rad guitar intro just built for stereos in Sandman vans. FM stations were finally on the air, but AM station bosses weren't too worried. They didn't think these new broadcasters were going to be much competition, variously saying the music they played was too soft or too edgy to drain away their listeners and that the FM DJs sounded like they were trying too hard. When the first full rating survey was released in 1980, the AM bosses seemed to have been vindicated. For the commercial FM stations, it was a shocker. Triple M had wanted to get 5% share of the audience and it got 2.6%. Today FM had been aiming for 3% and it got 2 In response, both stations narrowed their music selections to help better define their audiences. The Sun-Herald's Dale Plummer said Triple M and Today FM had missed the moment when public curiosity about FM radio was at its peak and said they needed to spend more money on promotion to reignite interest. That's just what they did. Triple M's marketing in particular was unparalleled because it delivered its own earworms including slogans like Triple Your Music and Because Your Ears Have Brains. These catchphrases were most often married with the station's marketing triumph, and that was Dr. Dan, shredding a guitar to a reworked version of a slice of a 1979 Mike track called Introduction Journey of a Fool. Those TV spots made Dr. Dan a pop culture icon, and the Dr. Dan theme helped define Triple M's sound for a generation. By the mid-1980s, Sydney's Triple M was Australia's number one radio station. And by 1986, commercial rock FM stations were number one in every Australian capital city. And that led many AM stations to gradually pivot to talkback radio. In 1988, Triple M took over Melbourne's Eon FM and that became 3 Triple M yet it'd be a more under-the-radar radio player that would really reshape the Australian radio landscape. Adelaide founded Austereo, which had started SAFM in September 1980, bought Melbourne's Fox FM in 1986, Today FM in 1989, and, in conjunction with Hoyt's, the Triple M Network in 1995. Several big buyouts later, these stations are the jewels in the crown of the Southern Cross stereo Network, which clocks up about $600 million each year in revenue. Not a bad result, given that Sydney Commercial FM Radio's debut was such a snafu. So, happy 40th birthday today to Triple J and Triple M Melbourne, and an early happy 40th to Triple M and Today FM Sydney. I'm Michael Adams, and you've been listening to Australia on This Day. Make sure you're subscribed to get every episode as soon as it's released. If you've enjoyed the show, I'd love it if you could leave a review and rating at iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're after more tales from our fascinating history, check out my other show, Forgotten Australia. This podcast was produced in the Blue Mountains of New South Wales on land traditionally owned by the Darug and Gundungara people. Thanks for listening, and catch you tomorrow.